Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, your host and guide for the waterfowl season. And we are coming at you live from the duck truck en route from North Dakota to Iowa for the next leg of the Chasing the Opener series. We are battle-hardened veterans at this point, coming off a week of hard, grueling grind of North Dakota. And uh, I'll tell you what, we feel pretty victorious. How, how do you feel, Zach? I feel great. It was a great trip. <laughs> I had a great time, but I am tired right now. Oh, yeah. Our butts are kicked. I will say that, too. But we definitely gave it all we got this week. Left nothing really nothing else out there we could have done and it was it was a great time so um if i remember right the last podcast we came at you with um we were after day two had a solid field hunt um and we're out on the road scouting what we didn't know yet was going to be a hunt of a lifetime (laughs) so um that's your kind of sneak peek for that and then a bunch of other stuff um that we had going on for the whole week so it's gonna be good but before we get to the main meat of the podcast guys uh let's get a quick word from our partners all righty first off like to give a big thanks to onyx onyx actually onyx this trip is brought to you by onyx i don't know why those words were so hard for me to get out but uh this trip was presented to you by onyx as onyx is a great waterfowl app for the duck hunter um there's the the newest thing i've learned about it is that they now have recent imagery if you're looking at like the 2d 3d layer of the map where it's like a satellite or oh why can't i think of what it's called recent imagery no no no, well it's uh, the 3d stuff topograph yeah topographic or the hybrid or the um the, the regular satellite imagery um, in there there's a, a, a slider a button you click and it goes from the satellite imagery to a little worse quality but it's recent so you can see like water levels um, all kinds of you know interesting things that you might or useful information that you might need as a duck hunter so another tool they're adding to the endless list that they have over there um, how much did we use on X Zach every single day every we were sing- pulling it up multiple times a day yeah, um, yeah. Looking for plots. That's the public land out here. Um, looking for actual state or government owned uh, or federal owned um, public land. We're looking at tax information. Uh, we're looking for phone numbers, calling people right off the electronic posted. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's a great app for uh, the uh, freelance duck hunter. And I really don't know how you could do without it. So check it out, guys. Onyx is awesome. also like to give big thanks to Weatherby. Weatherby makes some great waterfowl shotguns. This week I've ran the 18i and the SXS. That's the first time this season I used something besides the side-by-side. I ran the 18i 12-gauge. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of shooting. So I switched, uh, switched it up a little bit. Um, but they make some great waterfowl shotguns. They have the Element as well. 
Um, uh, that's the budget-friendly version of uh, their waterfowl selections for shotguns. So they all look great. They have some great camo, some great variety of uh, looks on those guns. And if you're in the market for a duck hunting waterfowl shotgun of sorts, definitely consider checking out Weatherby. You won't regret it. Um, also like to give a big thanks to Final Approach. Final Approach, the one-stop shop for the duck hunter. Um, this this week we've been running camo from uh, Final Approach decoys. They got some of the best-looking, um, newest, upgraded decoys in the market. They got fully flocked. They got flocked head. Um, they got the last pass, which is a, are the the small version um, to get you know a bigger spread. Um, you name it, they have great options for for uh, duck hunting products. Um, so check them out, guys. Like I said, the one-stop shop, everything you need over there at Final Approach. You can use code DUCKGUN at FABrand.com and get 10% off. Um, so definitely do that. Alrighty. Uh, lastly, we got Motion Ducks. Motion Ducks, the jerk rig on steroids. Uh, for those no-wind days, those wary birds, for putting lifelike motion in the spread, you can't beat the motion ducks out there. Um, you know, a lot of people using that traditional jerk rig. Well, motion ducks is just just like it, but ten times better. So check them out, guys. It's a great tool to add to your tool belt for the duck hunter. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump on into today's podcast. So. We left you guys at um, us scouting, and we were talking about if they're landing on the private land or the plots on the last podcast, and then we kind of cut out. Well, we we started watching and watching and watching, and, man, um, disappointment grew as we realized that the whole plot, the whole plot section, the whole public land there was covered in corn, unpicked corn, so there's no way these birds could actually be landing on the public. And we couldn't even set up, you know, 100 yards away and try to traffic all these ducks that we're seeing flying into the hole. Um, but as I was watching, as I was glassing a big flock of, I'll say, 50 to 100 mallards, and I was like, oh, man, here they go again. They're going to dump right into the private that we couldn't get permission on. It was all leased out. They did something magical. They all tipped their wings, cupped right in, and disappeared into the corn. And I about lost my mind. <laughs> you were freaking out at that point. I was like, they're going into the corn. There's water back there. Whipped up Onyx. And sure enough, there was what looks like on the map a tiny little pothole. Turned out it was like 120 by like 80. Yeah. Something like that. Pothole. So a decent sized pond. Um, no doubt. And, you know, first we thought it was surrounded by corn. Turns out it was corn, and then right, the corn switched from corn to cattails, and then the cattails surrounded uh, this little pothole at the end of this public land spot. I, it's one of the coolest, that's one thing I love about duck hunting. We talked about it, like, on the Teal Hunting Podcast, where we just found this magical marsh inside of an island that was inside of the Mississippi River. Um, so, you know, something that's just really cool and unique. And this was the same way. I mean, a pothole inside a standing corn field, a little pothole in there surrounded by cattails. And um, sure enough, we glassed it. And we just had to, 
assume we saw so many birds flying through that area and we couldn't really get eyes on it a couple people wanted to walk in i think you and kev both said hey man let's let's walk in i was like man the last thing you want to do is spook those birds i've had hunts where people have walked in and bam they flush up 100 plus mallards and and then you go there the next day and it's not the same at all so um yeah we, we decided not to I think that's the right call to not get in close enough to bump them out and uh, just hope that we saw 50 go in there and we saw so many flying by that we're going to be able to get enough finishing in there to have a good hunt. Um, so, yeah, you got, you got any thoughts on, on what all I'm saying? I feel like I'm talking and not giving you. <laughs> well, I guess even if birds weren't going in there, they were landing, you know, 200 yards away in this field. So we still had the opportunity to traffic quite a few. Um, and they were buzzing right over top of the corn, too. They were, you know, maybe 100 yards high. So we definitely had an opportunity, even if birds weren't going down in this in this little pothole, to, to traffic and have a, a really solid hunt. Right, right. So we ended up um, figuring out the game plan, where to set up, or not where to set up, where to park and where we could walk in and all that on the private or the public land. And... Um, Here's another little tidbit. It was about a half mile walk in, so through corn, so it wasn't all that easy, but we made it happen. Right, and uh, actually, we didn't. I don't even think we. I, I'm, I'm not sure if we. I think we somebody measured it like as the crow flies, and we couldn't. The easiest route was not as the crow flies. Right. It was like 700 yards. Then when we got done, we remeasured it the way we had to walk. And it was like a half mile. So um, from where we ha- were able to park the trucks, because we couldn't park them right on the road there because it was too steep of a ditch. But then there was a little drive um, further down away on the plots. And anyway, so it turned out to be a half mile walk in. And we're all carrying, you know, a stringer of decoys over our shoulder, our blind bags, our guns. We had the Illinois boys with them. And, and they uh, loaded down with stools and dog dog stands and <laughs> as we're getting ready in the morning i'm like ah, i'm not sure if you want to bring all that but um they were they definitely uh decided to and i think after they were like oh man if we knew it was like that which is it's hard to know what it's like um and i, I talking to them i'm not sure they hunt like cattails like that very much and we usually just say screw it on the stools because it's kind of hard to sit in that stuff anyway because the the bog and the cattail stuff. It's all uneven. Yeah, and it all kind of breaks away, and so it's almost like a, um, an unnecessary uh, luxury for uh, you know a tough duck hunting situation. Um, but you know, just it's like one of those where it's uh, I think through experience you kind of figure out that you want to drop as much of the of your load as you can. And even looking back, man, I'm like, what could I have uh, eliminated? Because it was, it was a lot of, of walking. And then you get through it, and, like, the cattails, the sticky mud, and, and uh, oh, man, Kev was not happy there. the whole walk. <laughs> well, there are some mud holes in there. You'd be walking on top of the cattails just fine, and then you'd sink up to, like, your knee. And this mud is really sticky. So I had <laughs> lost my boot and my waders a couple of times and or pulled my foot out of my boot, and it was it was difficult getting in there. Right. Which for me that adds part of the enjoyment, like the the, the <laughs> of course it does the added suffering that we have to go through. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it makes it a cooler story. It makes it a more um, 
a successful hunt when you had to work that much harder for it. Now, I'm not saying, like, we would have found the same thing, like, right by the side of the road. Obviously, you pick that. But, like, I'm not going to turn away at the thought of, like, we had to absolutely kill ourselves to get in here. Like, that, I love that, you know? It definitely adds to the story, but in the moment, <laughs> it it sucks. <laughs> it doesn't for me, though. I don't know what it is. You're just a different breed, then. Because I'm walking in there, and it's like, man, am I almost there? And, you know, I, I think... All five of us ended up, when we got to the cattails, just standing on the edge, and you bombed it straight in, trying to find the water. I was bull rushed in there. (laughs) We were standing back, like, ah, Jordan will find it. I fell over, like, two or three times (laughs) and uh, ended up turning all the way around somehow because I I put my phone in my pocket using that. You can use another tool on there for Onyx. You can use, like, the compass feature, which shows you, if you're just holding your phone straight, it shows you which way um you're walking so um was able to point it in the direction well anyways i thought i was running the water's head put it down fell over like two or three times just falling off of the cot the cattail uh bogs rather uh into the thick mud and then you gotta like pry yourself out of it get back on the cattails and next thing i know i'm all the way back to you guys i was so confused (laughs) i was like oh no there's no water in here i made it to the other side of the pond and these guys walked all the way around it that's what went through my mind. It's like, you got to be kidding me. We thought you were turning back around because you couldn't find water in there. Because yeah. you had said, I don't think there's water. But you ended up finding it, though. Right. Oh, man. It was just like when I crossed through the cattails into the water, it was like the biggest sigh of relief. <laughs> and like, oh, man. As soon as I walked in that hole and I saw it, you ever have it? You just like see something in the morning and you just know that it's it you know what i mean you just oh, yeah. know and uh like i i walked in right into this big opening you know like i said you look on the map it looks so small walk in to this like i don't know it's like one of those movies like when you're a kid what's the dinosaur movie and they like spread the weeds apart and there's the, the <laughs> <Yep>. world <laughs> inside there what's that one called land before time yeah it's like that, land before yep. time i opened up the cattails and there it is land before time just ripe with duck habitat and I was like, oh, man, I found the water. Everybody starts walking in. And as you guys are walking, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, welcome to the promised land. <laughs> We're see all feathers on the water. And grunting and struggling. And oh, yeah. Most people weren't super happy. I'm like out of my mind. You're full of energy. <laughs> happy and joyful. I'm like, we got it. It's like one of those things where it's like we made all we got to do now is like is do it. Right. It's uh. It's pretty much just take it at that point. All I got to do is take it, and we'll have the successful hunt. So um, that's how I felt at that point, anyway. Duck feathers everywhere. Beautiful little pothole. The right water depth. We saw so many. I mean, the most birds we'd seen on a scout. That was the night with the most birds we'd seen on the scout, and most mallards and and the fresh push of birds and all that. So, excuse me, but yeah hunt we set up in the cattails and sure enough here it comes first light and i'll let you i'll let you kind of talk again yeah so right at first light we had quite a few birds that were decoying perfect shots i mean 5 10 maybe 15 yards at the farthest hovering right over the mojos and uh a lot of the guys had said we're gonna wait till it's light so we can see because we want to shoot mallards um the illinois boys were shooting early and i I gave it a couple minutes before I started shooting, but 
There were a lot of gaddies and spoonies and teal and a couple pintails, I think, that we didn't end up shooting at that group. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the first flocks was that flock of pintails, and um, nobody shot at it, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> I was on the camera trying to, you know, because it was so dark, I wanted to make sure that I could get good footage of it, and then I was going to pick up the gun and start uh, start whacking at them. But, I mean, I can't wait to, I haven't got to edit the video. I can't wait to because I know this is going to be some really, really cool footage of uh, a lot of mallards coming in. Uh, like I said, I think we had on the whole hunt, we had gadwall, spoonies, mallards, widgeon, pintail, and pintail. That was it, right? Or a couple teal. Do we have a couple teal? A couple teal. Yep, a couple teal. So, um, yeah, one of my all time favorite hunts ever. It's, yeah. We're it's, talking about it with you. Uh, I was asking you after the hunt, like, where does this fall for your favorite hunts? I said number four. Number four. Number four. My favorite hunt. Yep. So you had above that, you had your first limit ever. First limit ever. Um, a UP opener that I did where it was just really cool. We watched the northern lights as we were setting up decoys and yeah. shot our woody limit and some bands. And it was just a cool hunt. Right. And, and then the one that I've got the most crap for so far is a Buffy <laughs> limit. <laughs> yeah. It said, it uh, was, said Buffy's are better than Mallard's. <laughs> I didn't say Buffy's and are better than you Mallard's. You said the reason, the reason for it because it was so easy. It was one of my first layout hunts, and we had a bunch of guys out, and the Buffies were doing it dirty on top of the layout line. You said that the reason that you liked it so much is because Buffies are so easy to decoy. I do like, yeah, because every single one will decoy at five yards, just hovering right over top of you. I, I get that, like, a decoy like that is, like, really cool, but, like, you know, starlings will decoy right at five yards. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm just saying, like, why is it being easy make it a... Uh, it's, a valuable hunt. It's not that it's easy. It's that every single one does it. So it's just a show all morning. But you might get a couple mallards to decoy. On no, that. but you—that was your words off off air. It was, it was easy. Yeah, you said it was, it's so easy to decoy, and that's why you like it. Right. Yeah, because every single bird you see will decoy. It's easy to do. Mm. Okay. So it's just a show all morning. Sure. Sure. It's a little odd, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own. To each his own. I'm just giving you a little bit of crap. I know. So. That's all I got. Actually, all a lot of crap. So. I think it's. I think you're wrong, if I'm being honest, that <laughs> there's just no way what? that a Buffy hunt should rank higher than a freelance North Dakota mallard and pintail heavy hunt where we shot, like, mostly drakes, too. Like, I think we shot, like, one or two hens, and we're, like, picking out drakes and... You're like, nah, Buffy's is cooler. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I love layout hunting, so it's just a whole different ballgame. So if we layout hunted for these mallards, it'd be better. Uh, <laughs> man, you're just you're I'm, just trying to trip me up here. I'm just asking. I'm just trying to figure <laughs> out what's like what it is. It was sweet. It was. Now you're making <laughs> me reconsider what if Buffy's are up there or not, but. That's all right. No, I mean, if you had that feeling that it was like super cool, but like, I'm just I'm trying to figure out the reasoning for it. So like, but I, if I you actually, it's it's wide open water. You're layout hunting. I really enjoy layout hunting, and then I enjoy sitting in the tender and watching other people shoot birds. So it's just layout hunting is a really unique way to to hunt ducks. Right. So I think that's why it's up there. And then we sure. had an incredible buffy shoot this this one morning. Right. No, I mean, if you're saying like, yeah, we layout hunted and shot like whole bunch of bull canvas back and, <laughs> and uh redhead and bluebill and like I, I i wouldn't question it as much okay well like a really cool like 
diver hunt. And you're like, nah, it was like 12 man buffies <laughs> at five yards. And the reason it was so cool is because we didn't even try. Like, it was just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point, but I don't know. The feeling was cool. I was with a great group of guys. It was. It was just sweet. So the guys were cooler that you're hanging out with. No, they weren't cooler. <laughs> it was, I, I can't explain it. That's to you. all right. You'd I'm, have to be there. All right. All right. I won't beat a dead horse on this. Just, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, back to the main point of it. It was, for me, one of the best hunts uh, of, of my life. And I'm, try, I'm struggling to find like a better mallard hunt. And, you know, I've been on a lot. Um, and the reason that this one, for me, I would say is more valuable than some of the other ones is like we've done it before on like private farm ponds and like it is like just so easy right you go you see a bunch of birds on a private farm pond that you know and those are just almost like cupcake hunts right and it's so much fun but like this one had like the added elements of like the struggle and the added elements of like public land anybody else could have found these birds and decided to to walk in and go get them but we were the ones that decided to do it and push for it so it's like you know some people maybe even could have saw them and said man that's way too like we're not it's not worth that uh right half mile walk there and half mile walk back with all the birds and added gear and everything's wet now and and that struggle you know um but we decided like all those things were worth it we went out there kind of a little bit of a gamble too because we didn't know exactly so, so there's a little bit of unknown. Like, we could scout and see it, but not 100%. And we went for it, and it was just amazing. I mean, all the mallards coming in, I don't think we shot any that weren't, maybe maybe just a handful. Uh, that I remember talking, like, we shot, what, like 30-some birds. And, uh, you know, three or four that... Uh, flared off early or something that we shot out of that the rest were just feet down birds cupping in like crazy and we would even finish some bigger flocks too but we had another group uh field hunting um close enough that when they're shooting uh we could you know they, yeah well they would uh the, we could see the birds react to that and get out of there so but man it was it was um one for the one for the ages one for the memory books for sure Oh, yeah. It was special. It's definitely my favorite hunt from North Dakota this year. Stop trying to redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It was it was great. So, um, yeah. What we got What we got next after that? Um, what was the next hunt? You don't remember. It's, uh, I don't remember. Everything kind of, you know, meshed together. That one definitely stands out. Um, I'm trying to remember because that was day three. No, that was day four, I think. Because the field hunt was day three. Oh, it was my hunt three because I was sick. We were talk- yeah, yep. Talked about that in the last podcast, but you're right. I was sick, so this was day four. So it was day five, the the little... Sh- oh, yeah. the horseshoe. The horseshoe. Yep. So we scattered around a ton on day five after that, after an amazing high. And we did. We found birds and everywhere we went like we we called people we drive to houses and we just couldn't get the permission that's one of the struggles out there um i mean it's it's i'd say it's easier than a lot of places but um maybe it's just the area we're in too there was a lot of leased up property i think it might have been everywhere we went to it seemed like they said they already had it leased or right um they had family hunting it or, or whatever right so that night i mean we did find lots of birds 
um, but we couldn't um, get on any of the spots that we wanted to. We tried, we tried to try it all the way to the last light, and then um, even we had one house. We're just hoping the landowners would come back, and they never did, and we never could get a hold of them. But that one would have been another sweet one. So we went with kind of a, a Plan B ish hunt, where it was our Plan B for the the cornhole hunt, um, and. Uh, we went and scouted it and there wasn't as many birds. It's like we lost some of the mallards, um, or maybe they consolidated to some different areas, but there used to be mallards sitting in this hole. And when we went to go scout it, it was like mostly, um, like teal and gadwall. Yep. So, but it was between two really big feeds. So, um, we had like a, a feed a mile away and another one, two miles away of, you know, a thousand birds mixed feed to canadas and and ducks so yeah it had, it had good potential right so we set up on it and um you know first light we had gadwell come in and and we we ended up knocking out between gadwell until about half our limit yep. give or take was it probably a little bit more than half our limit i think so between the four of us yep. so you know in indiana or michigan we've been pretty happy with the hunt and probably high-fived ate breakfast and gone home but, oh yeah <laughs> but in north dakota you we just, need our limits <laughs> yeah you just go for your limit so um we went out in the afternoon and one like i mean just so many birds man it's it's crazy if you don't mind shooting mixed bags which like we don't get mallards or we don't get anything but mallards for the most part right so, so. these cool mixed yeah. bag it's a gadwall and widgeon and spoonies. I, I don't see very many of those in Michigan, so it's always cool to shoot them. Right. So we, I mean, you don't think twice. We just go out there and shoot some of these mixed mixed bags, and I don't mind shooting redheads too. Those are one of, mm-hmm. like one of my favorite divers, and great tasting. We talked about it before. Like I don't have desire to shoot birds that taste bad, so I want to I want to shoot birds that taste good. So mallards, widgeon, gadwall taste fine. I've never had a gadwall that I was like, ew, gross. So I know like Matt kind of hates gadwall <laughs> i think they taste pretty good but yeah I, I couldn't tell the difference between them and the other birds so um I, th- I think it's just like a myth i really don't think it's true they're just i think they're they're gray ducks so everybody kind of hates on the gray ducks but they're all puddlers they, they eat mostly the same stuff so yeah they eat good so um yeah we set up for the evening hunt, and, you know, we, it was nothing for us to shoot our limits. We just I really enjoyed that evening hunt. Yeah. That was my probably my favorite evening hunt. Yeah, mine too. Definitely. Like, I was setting up the cameras, and, like, I couldn't even, like, get set up, and you already shot. Yeah, I had two birds down before you even had the cameras set up. Right. And then you just knocked a couple more teal, and then you were done. It was just yep. like, yeah, you got your bonus. So we got eight, eight ducks because we got our bonus blue wings. Right. That's your first day to get your full bonus blue wing. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was my first eight bird day. Right. So. And I ended up having mine as well. So I was kind of being a little, I was kind of waiting. Honestly, the birds were all finished on, on your side. So the camera set up, you shot them. Um, then you sky busted right when I was trying to shoot a pintail. <laughs> I did not sky bust. Uh, depends on your definition of sky bust. You <laughs> shot straight up in the air at like t- thir- 25, 30 yards. Mm, 35, 40. I don't think it was that far. Well, it's kind of hard to tell when you're craning your neck around. When you're craning your neck around like this, just looking out of one eye, you don't really have that depth perception. I was getting yelled at for being too selective on my shots. 
I shot a, a couple teal, and I was going to retrieve them, and then two pintails flew right over my head, and I shot. And then I got berated for being, for sky busting. Berated? Berated, no, yeah. Even no. though I was told to be less selective. Okay. So I don't know what, so what you want here, me, Here's the but. problem here, right? They're all, we're set up on this, and we had it set up with a crosswind to keep our, our ducks out in the water that was getting wind on it, right? That was the plan to make sure, our, you know, lifelike set and all that, get birds at decoy, uh, all that good stuff. Well, the way the cattails were, they're kind of thin, so only the person on the point could shoot. Every time the flock comes in, I could aim at them. Well, they're not quite here yet, and by the time I got here, then I'd be shooting, like, towards you. Right. So, you know, trying not to, you know, muzzle blast you or other inconsiderate things like that. <laughs> and uh, so I just wouldn't shoot. And then neither would you. And so I'm like, hey, man, like, are we here to, like, finish our limit? We still got a scout after this. And so it wasn't like a you telling you to take bad shots. It's like, hey, you got to shoot the birds that come through here. They just they weren't so, presenting themselves so, in a way that no, I wanted to shoot. They were. You just were being ridiculous. So so all that being said, that wasn't berating. That was like, hey, this is what we got to do. You got to shoot your birds so then I can go sit there, and then we can go scout. So... Um, you did that. You shot your birds. And then while you're picking up your birds and the pintails were coming in and turned around and just blasted in the air before they got there, you got a little trigger happy. So, <laughs> but after that, you know, I'm just, you know, anyways, <laughs> I just want to make it clear. I do not sky bust on a, on a regular basis whatsoever. Right, yeah. yeah. It happens sometimes. You're right. It doesn't, uh, but it's not your, you are a, a good selective shooter i'm not trying to uh, uh character assassination here or anything but um you know as a whole you definitely do not uh, do that it's not like that's not you as a hunter i should say so there you go you feel you feel at peace with that yeah you wore my heart right there <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um we end up switching spots now so i can finish off my limit and um i do that i can't remember what i shot i shot two redheads and two blue wings so that put me at my eight bird limit as well with uh, the bonus bluings, and um, as soon as that happened, though, man, we could see like a storm blowing in, but it just unleashed. It hit us like a ton of bricks. It went from like you know twenty mile per hour winds, which is pretty normal out there in North Dakota, I feel like, to I mean I want to say it was gusting like fifty. Yeah, it was probably forty or fifty. Yeah, it, it was. Bad. It was like we couldn't even get in the canoe, kind of wind. And, like, it was blowing the dog away. It was blowing everything away. So we we ended up being able to get in the canoe. I mean, it just pushed us to shore. If we had to go the other way. We'd be sitting it out. <laughs> we'd have been, <laughs> we would have probably been dragging against the wind with the canoe. Yeah. Trying to, you know, walk in the shoreline instead of uh, floating in the canoe. We couldn't even keep ourselves straight in the canoe. The wind was blowing us just sideways. We were right. at the mercy of whatever the weather wanted us to yeah, I was just trying just to steer. It's yeah. like, just keep paddling. I'll try to keep the, the back end straight. And it's like you get it just off a little, and the wind would take you like a sail. So that was honestly a little scary, being out in the big water like that. It wasn't big water. It, it was it's, weightable. Okay, it's not like, it was not like a, but like compared to North Dakota. We're not talking like Great Lakes, all right? Okay. So, yeah, obviously Great, Wake, Great Lakes <laughs> is big water. But for North Dakota... Like, it was, it's a giant pothole, okay? It was all weightable, though. Sure, where we were at. Yeah. But, but, I don't know. I don't think it was big water. 
it was a little sketchy, but we made it happen. Right, right. So for North Dakota, it was big water, but not for not for somebody who lives over on the Great Lakes. So, um, but yeah, it was it was uh, just the wind and all that. You know, a little uh, a little sketchy for sure. And it was raining sideways too, so. We're getting oh, yeah. all wet out there. And, and you left the truck window open. <laughs> yeah, I did leave. <laughs> Man, there's like, a, I could probably make a list of things for, for you, like <laughs> the things you did this I'm week. I'm clumsy. I'm sorry. Uh, I told you then. I'll tell you now. That's not an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I don't think of these things. And it's not like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't try to do that. I know, I know you didn't try to, but literally <laughs> everything in the vehicle got soaked. Like, it was... Because the wind was blowing 50 miles per hour, and, <laughs> Straight in the, and the truck was like perfectly <laughs> positioned where it just rained, and it went from his window all the way and was hitting like the driver's <laughs> side window that was closed, you know, like it's supposed to be. But <laughs> <laughs> oops, yeah, it happens. So, yeah, um, that was day five. That was day five, yeah, day five, day six. Uh, so we scat- while we're there, we could see like clouds of mallards dumping into a feed, which is what we hunted day three, I believe. Yep. So we hunted that same feed, called up the Illinois boys. They joined us. We made three switch. We made three adjustments on the field. It was just one of those days the birds just could not get down. It was so windy. The yeah, wind the- just kind of continued. What was it? The wind like twenty five mile per hour winds. Plus. It was pushing thirty. Yeah. So, I mean, as they tried to decoy in, they would just sit there like they're on, like, a kite string. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's literally how it looked. They'd just be sitting there above the A-frame. Like, we brushed it in again, like, even better than the first day. Because I said, hey, I think the reason we weren't finishing them on the first day was because um, it wasn't brushed in good enough. We fixed that problem. The spread was great. Everything you could ask for, just too much wind. They could just sit there and pick you out. Um, all day, and they just couldn't get down. I don't think they could if they wanted to. Sometimes they would try like three or four times, and they just couldn't get down. So we ended up, you know, extending our range a little bit on that hunt more than probably what we, what would be, definitely what we, what would be preferable. Um, but that's just what they did all day. We tried switching the spread, switching the where the, um, the mojos were in the set, or the, the spinning wing decoys were in the set. Uh, we tried um, moving the A-frame. Moving the A-frame. We moved it multiple times so that they'd be, like, floating kind of, like, in front of us. And that did help. Actually, did help, but it was a little too late by the time we got all the way over there um, to that change. So, uh, all being said, four guys. We shot 16 ducks, uh, mallards, mostly greenheads. I think one hen. One hen. So, we shot drakes, um, pintail, uh, gadwall, widgeon, you know, all the cool peddlers. And... A green wing as well. So, still a solid hunt. Um, working through that adversi- er, eh, adversity. So, yeah, and I think both of us got our our five birds. So we we're just one short, right? At the end, right. So, so that was your sixth day, and you shot limits every single day. I had to, yeah, I had to go out and finish off my limit right. uh, that night. But uh, I shot six limits in six days in yeah. North Dakota. So. so that's that's what I was going to get to. We were talking about it. And you'd, up to that point, you shot a limit every day, whether you had to go out in the evening to finish it or shoot it in the morning or whatever. But first time out in North Dakota, um, we're, at like, hustling, grinding for it, doing everything we could to, to shoot limits. Um, and you shot your limit every day, including, you know, multiple bonus bluings 
And I was like, ah, oh, man, like, we don't really need that last duck. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm shooting my limit. Yep. I We pulled up. We, we went to go get some uh, lunch, and then we pulled back up to the Airbnb. And uh, I left pretty quick after that and drove out about 20 minutes to a spot. And I think I finished my limit within two minutes. I kicked up like 40 gadwall off this little pothole, just sat back down. And within two minutes, they came back. So, yep. that was cool. And I could I could have came with you, but I'm like, ah. I feel like I don't have really anything more to prove. I get, like, the principle of it. It's like, now I can say I shot my six limits in six days, right? right? yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to leave it one bird short. You st- <laughs> but, Do you regret that? Um, I, I think there's, like, a part of me where I, like, understand that, but also a part of me where I understand, like, that, like, I could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And whether people believe me or not, I'm just like, you know, I just decided not to. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, like, that's fair. Because we could have. We could have gone just about anywhere to any of the potholes we scouted new birds are at and it's like you said we've seen birds there like how many different different times in that week and you knew right where to go and oh yeah every single evening that that was like that was my preferred evening spot i think um but there were you'd walk in and you'd kick up three four five hundred birds every single time it was it was pretty special right so you feel accomplished by doing six limits in six days i feel so good about that I'm for sure making, this is my first time in North Dakota, I'm for sure making the trip back. Right. It's going to be an annual trip for me. Yeah, it is really cool. There's a lot of people that know about North Dakota and people that talk about it and um, people in Minnesota and Wisconsin are really known for making those, the trip over and I'm sure lots of other states too, but. I felt um, like it'd be more busy because everybody talks about North Dakota and the duck hunting and we really didn't see that many different groups up there. Right. You almost never see anybody. Yeah. Kevin's got beat to their spot on the last day when they they left on Thursday, and that's the only day that they got ran into anybody. We didn't run, yeah, we didn't run into anybody at all. Like opener, we did have a lot of people around. What was it? There's a couple days where we had people like in fields close to us, or but we just you almost never saw them, you know? Right? Yeah. No, I don't think we we saw any of them. We might have heard their shots, you know, from far off, but I never saw any hunters other than the uh, the Illinois boys. That was right. really it. Right. And so. then at that cornfield, uh, that cornhole, right. there behind, were some the, field hunters behind us. We couldn't even, we could hear them sometimes. We could, you know, they were kind of, but they ended up being kind of close. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the field. But, yeah, man, solid, solid hunt. Solid, solid trip. Yeah, that was an incredible trip. I yep. think, so it's it's currently Friday. We're on the road right now, but uh, we were talking about last night going and hunting Friday morning, um, or I guess this morning, to uh, finish off kind of seven days, seven seven limits, hopefully. But we had a hard cut off at eight thirty because we had to be on the road. So we ended up not heading out, not hunting in the morning. But I don't know. I felt like I didn't need to shoot any more birds. I felt accomplished with with where we left off you felt like you needed to go jump shoot that one bird <laughs> yep <laughs> but, that was but it. the next day you didn't feel like you needed to <laughs> well i i don't know i wanted i wanted limits every day and i got that and so going out on friday it was like you're, I, you're risking the perfection of the trip yeah it, it yeah it felt a little dirty you know uh an hour and a half might not wrap it up i don't want to end with like four birds on the the last morning i yeah. wanted to end with the limit Mm, so no risk huh <laughs> maybe that's why i like shooting buffies <laughs> probably makes sense now 
Um, no, but I mean, honestly, the biggest thing was, um, like, you know, if we have to put like a list of like pro tips out here, it's like one, um, like you have to be intentional about, um, about what? Hunting? No, no, no. Well, I mean, that's not what I was going for. Like one thing to think about, if you're going to freelance for a week in North Dakota and actually try to shoot as many birds as possible, you have to be intentional about how you prepare your duck and all that because like um that was our big thing for that like we could have we would had to eat ducks to stay ahead of our possession limit to hunt on friday morning and we've literally cooked and um prepared ducks like every day for multiple meals to like stay ahead of the the curve on that and it's just like (laughs) we almost couldn't like stomach (laughs) thinking about (laughs) eating ducks again we're just like you know what let's just uh we got our you know we're we're going to be at our possession limit for now, and uh, and we just we didn't want to we didn't want to cook that evening ducks to to stay ahead of it right. one more day. So that was part of that going into that decision, and we were just whooped and knew like everything else was going to be a time crunch. So I think if we would have been able to uh, be further ahead of our duck limit maybe we would have uh our possession limit i should say maybe we would have considered it more but it was like one big factor that we would have had to overcome to to hunt another day yeah we had six days worth of duck dinners and yeah it kind of felt nice to go out and get something to eat we should talk about our duck dinners though i know we've talked about it a few times we had let's all the things we've had um we grilled duck a couple times um, the tried true. You did the last the last day. You did uh, duck with bacon wrapped. Yep. On the grill, um, Kevin grilled some up. Then we had Kevin did some with bacon on the stovetop. Yep. And then he did some sausage and grilled up, um, and made spaghetti out of it, which I never had, which is pretty solid. That sounded weird to me, but it was really good. Uh, me too. It was not like because we talked about like he had brought like sausage. It was like some cheddar sausage. Like man, we need to slice that up and eat it with ducks that sounds great and he's like oh yeah we'll put some uh fettuccine noodles with it and this and that. i was like oh man it sounds like some kind of like really good like stew or something but no then he whipped it into spaghetti <laughs> i was like well not ready for that but you know it tastes pretty good and maybe we're just hungry and and all that and, and early on in the trip and then um my personal favorite was what the one i made actually so um, not biased at all. I'm not saying it because I'm biased. <laughs> it actually just turned out really good, better than like any fajitas I've ever made. But I made duck fajitas. That's not a secret recipe. I think a lot of people know to make that. But I think the key on that was I just cooked it for a long time, like low and slow for a long time. You cut up the duck into really thin strips. Yep. So um, you know, I fried up the duck and Worcestershire and bacon grease um, because we didn't have any butter. We're kind of like limited <laughs> on some of our. Uh, ingredients in our ingredients so um but yeah those fajitas were awesome so they yeah. were they were the best fajitas i think i've i've ever had made out of duck right they were, they were really good yeah it was so i don't know we ate a lot of duck though <laughs> we had a ton <laughs> we had a lot of duck um then we made a bunch into um dirt and uh, dirky dirky <laughs> dirky into uh jerky so that took a long time in the stove yeah, that was it. Was in the stove in the oven for like I don't know seven hours, and then uh, Chief um, <laughs> broke into the the jerky and ate like three trays of it. <laughs> he looked so guilty when I found him. So um, yeah, 
<laughs> um, little, a little unfortunate there that he got into him, but a little jerk. <laughs> I like the pun there. A little jerk. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, didn't think of the pun there, but yeah. So, anyways, that was a lot of duck, a lot of trip, a lot of fun, a lot of limits, a lot of good laughs, a lot of good times. And, yeah, North Dakota is a special destination for the duck hunter. If you haven't made it out, you know, uh, it's uh, it's probably worth it. I feel like it's, we're talking about this, I feel like it's, uh, it's like a step back in time to, like, the glory days of, you know, our grandfather's time or something like that, where maybe this is how duck hunting was in, like, Wisconsin and Minnesota and Michigan, like, in in the earlier, obviously not in the early 1900s because ducks were going extinct, but um, in different times in waterfowl history when people would talk about the skies going black with ducks, and we didn't see anything like that, but um, we definitely saw a lot of birds, like the corn the corn hunt day and some of the field hunts, just clouds of mallards flying around and other ducks and and variety of species. It's just It's just so cool to kind of see... A place where waterfowl is thriving and where opportunity is rich and and um, it's it's just a lot of fun. Got anything to add, Zach? Uh, no, just every. <laughs> it seemed like every pothole we went to had had birds on it, so it was really cool. Um, but there's ducks everywhere. It's it's nothing like what I see back in Michigan. So it was it was really cool, really special place. Heck yeah. Well, man, I definitely appreciate you coming along on this duck hunting trip with me. Yeah, um, thanks for the invite. Yeah, it man. Was- it was a blast having you. Um, you're a hard worker. You're a great hunter. Um, you're definitely willing to do whatever it takes. You're definitely willing to, to pick up the slack or do some of the heavy lifting where required. So definitely got to give props and kudos to you. It was definitely a joy to, uh, to hunt with you and, and uh you know, get to hang out with a buddy all week. Yeah, it's likewise. I enjoyed hunting with you. I'm, I'm really excited to see how these videos turn out too. They should oh, yeah. be, they should be real solid. Definitely. So, if you guys want to check out the videos, they probably won't be done when this podcast. Maybe some of them will. Some of them will be done by the time this podcast comes out. And um, you can check them check them out over there on Duck Gun Chronicles on the YouTube channel. Um, also, guys. You guys know the mission for the podcast. I'm going to keep saying it, guys. It's uh, to help, you know, give you guys entertainment, but not only that, um, to help uh, continue on the heritage and history um, for generations to come, pass that along uh, to future duck hunters, uh, help getting youth involved in it, uh, be a part of conservation and helping out where we can with that. If you guys can share this podcast with buddies, other like-minded hardcore hunters out there uh, and help spread this message it'll be awesome and i really appreciate it that's all we got for today guys i'm jordan duck Hunt chronicles zach the audio engineer and we'll <laughs> see you guys on the next one